absolute banger. I'm disappointed that we didn't get it replaced with some kind of German beer keller music this week after our beautiful time in the Bavarian beer halls. Uh, you're listening to The Gridiron Show. Will Gavin, Ollie Hunter, Mike McQuaid, a.k.a. Necky himself, all on their way. Uh, all, all, I think, still feeling a little bit tender on Tuesday. I don't know about anyone else. I got back uh, about Monday lunchtime and... After two meetings, then fell asleep on the sofa for four hours. Uh, and it was probably the greatest nap I've had in a very, very long time. Is four hours ever a nap? If it's in the middle of the day, that counts, right? Uh, <laughs> you're listening to The Grand Show uh, or watching it, hopefully, on YouTube, on uh, uh, on its uh, Twitter, on everywhere else. If you are watching live, please feel free to fire in a question via the YouTube feed. We can get your questions live or send them to us on Twitter, at Gridiron, uh, at Will Gav, at Ollie Hunter, and at Michael underscore NFL. Michael, I'll come to you first. How are you feeling, sir? Are we going to start singing Country Roads? Country Roads, sing home to the I didn't realise that that had such a significance uh, in the Oktoberfest crowd until they played it. I was like, is this a big song in Germany or something? So I then looked it up and found out it is indeed a relatively big song uh, in Germany. And uh, yeah, I, uh, that, uh, the whole event, I, I mean, we're all going to give our thoughts on it, but the whole event absolutely blew my little mind. And that moment was really special. Ollie Hunter, are you back? Are you with us? Am I on mute? Uh, no, we can hear you. Well, yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm, you're right, Will. The whole event was really, really special. But I'm feeling great. I stayed an extra, I reckon, 10 hours longer than you guys in Munich uh, on that Monday. I went out to a beer kettle. I went to the Hofbrauhaus and then to the Agostina opposite. I had another Steiner. I had found some fried chicken and chips, which was a welcome relief from all of the pork that I'd been eating um, throughout the weekend. Uh, Munich, though, what a magnificent city. I've been to... Uh, Hamburg's a really good city as well, but I've been to Hamburg, Cologne, Berlin and Munich, uh, the four different places in Germany that I've been. And Munich is probably my favourite, not only just because all of the NFL fans were there and it felt like there was a, a proper centre to all of the for all of the fans to go to and really enjoy it. Whereas in London, you don't really get that feeling. There'll be pockets of fans in pubs, you know, multiple tube rides away. Whereas in Munich, everyone was 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 around the the, the Irish multiple Irish bars, the beer kellers, <laughs> the um, the ales, the ale houses. Sorry, yeah. uh, the restaurants. So I just thought it 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 was perfect for the fan experience. Basically, people tailgated for the weekend beforehand in the city, in the in the in in the uh, the beer houses. It was a magnificent. It was such a great great time. It's my first suggestion. NFL UK when we get an opportunity to suggest something to them of lessons to learn from how the German game was and obviously we have to caveat it with it was their first one ever so you know the atmosphere was different because of that and it was you know uh, there were a lot of people who bought their tickets and travel their kind of flights and hotels before they got tickets so we spoke to a lot of people over the course of the weekend whether from Germany or whether from you know the UK, Ireland, Spain France, all over that had travelled just to come and absorb the fan event, even without having a ticket for the game. And even the fan 
park before the game itself. When we got off the train four hours before kickoff, it was already kind of you know shoulder to shoulder walking down the walkway. And that fan park probably had a hundred plus thousand people in it four hours before kickoff. So there was no way that everyone there had a ticket to the event, but they just wanted to come and absorb American football culture and come and enjoy it and see their friends and just, just generally be engaged in the whole thing. And I think that the first kind of suggestion I'd make to NFL UK based on it is that the way that the whole weekend panned out and people are going to treat London differently. We have to accept, you know, it's been 15 years here, 32 games. So it's very different experience, but I would say you want to take over multiple places in central London, get them branded up. You want to keep them within a relatively small area. You want to almost create like that fan zone festival atmosphere without there needing to be like, okay, yeah, they had the place at Odeon Platz where it had the, there's some helmets and some shops and some things like that. But realistically, we spent 10, 15 minutes there and then went off to the various branded NFL beer houses and they were all absolutely packed with fans, great atmosphere around all of them. And we'll talk maybe about our individual experiences of the weekend, the game itself, I'm sure, as well. But I think the first thing to say is, like, after we, I tweeted out that picture of the Travis Kelsey coming soon uh, to the uh, to Germany, indicating it is going to be the Chiefs next year, which our understanding is it's going to be the Chiefs and possibly the Patriots in two games. Which a lot of there were a lot of nudges and winks and little, you know, maybe there's going to be two, maybe there's not, kind of thing. I think even Roger Goodell said on Saturday during the fan event that there's going to be at least four games over the next four years. So it's being hinted at. I think they're trying to build some buzz for the idea that they might do two and they have to work with the Bundesliga to make that happen and and everything else. But seeing the kind of responses that have come in after that and actually experiencing the game itself, experiencing the atmosphere beforehand, the atmosphere during the game, the fact that about 40,000 fans out of the 67,000 there stayed for four hours, four hours, 40 minutes or so afterwards and were singing along and they were engaging with like Marcus Kuhn and Bjorn Werner on the big screen and they were just wanting to soak up every possible second of the event they could. I couldn't help but feel like get a little bit emotional about it. Like actually feel like as somebody who loved this sport growing up and didn't have access to it, we are so privileged and so lucky that over the last 15 years, barring a one pandemic hit year, we've had competitive football games in our country every season, 32 of them in total. And people can complain. I saw a couple of people going, oh, they get the Chiefs and we get the Jags. We had the Packers and Saints this year as our home teams in the official NFL games. Those are two of the biggest teams in the NFL giving up their home games to come to London. They get the Chiefs next year, but we get two other massive teams. I'm not going to be complaining. And honestly, I'm not complaining about any games we get over here because it is a real privilege and I feel like I felt in that stadium that sense of anticipation that finally getting the thing that they wanted for so long German market has been big as the UK market for decades certainly in the last 10 years or so if not bigger they're saying with the statistics now and so then finally getting that thing and feeling that passion from those fans it left me feeling genuinely emotionally overwhelmed at the end of it like I I was practically crying on air I was just like this is a beautiful thing to see and every German we spoke to is lovely it's it's I, I I've gone fully native but I had the best time <laughs> Sorry, I went yeah. on for a long time there. No, you're right. <laughs> uh, Michael, give me your thoughts about it. It's it's funny, man, because like there's so many different elements. I think your idea and what you were saying there about having a different zone in London is perfect. I think if you get the international home marketing 
teams like the Niners, the Bears, the Jags, even if they're not playing, put some bars. Like, I mean, I reckon, well, you might land up to that Niners bar. If that's, one that's, that's yeah. by the way, worth mentioning that that's something that they did do in Munich, that there wasn't just the Bucks and the Seahawks who had a, a branded location, but all three of the other two uh, locations. Uh, all three of the other teams, the Panthers, the Patriots, and the Chiefs all had a bar as well. And all of those were banging all weekend long. It wasn't just like, you know, the the teams that were playing, every bar was packed out. I went to the Panthers bar on Saturday at lunchtime for one casual sip of Rock Shandy, and it was uh, the the atmosphere was incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, it was one casual sip of Shandy. It was, yeah, one, yeah. It was one casual sip of Shandy. Yes, absolutely. Uh-huh. Later on, that night might have been a different question, but um, <laughs> it, it was just it was just electric. Um, I mean, you talked there, Will, about the, about the numbers uh, on Friday night. There was a, an event for a podcast, six thousand people at it. On Saturday, there was ten thousand people at like the equivalent of Sky Sports, a big party. Uh, on Sunday, there was six thousand people watching Red Zone in an arena, which was then shown live on TV and all during the game. It was just mental, and obviously, yes, you do have that whole. Uh, um, that whole always the first time element of it I and yeah I, I, I think you're bang on well London have had some great games this year and more importantly tight games you know close games that went to the end and games that were exciting and I think you know we should feel privileged to have uh, one game a year if needs be in the UK or an, anywhere I mean it's great to have, it's great to go to a game at the end of the day those teams are coming over here on, on their own back and uh, I very much look forward to seeing who if anybody goes to uh, you know these games next year which teams uh, that's a very interesting rumor you said there with the Chiefs very I'm interesting. not I'm not here digging out NFL UK fans to be clear but it did mm, just that rem- feels like what that feels it, like what it, you're it saying did just it's like you, why do you hate the NFL there's UK? so many wonderful people in the NFL UK community and uh, I uh, you know every time we go to a game we said it this year the, the the feel at those games at Tottenham felt incredibly special on the day just don't think you have that same build-up of the you know we landed in Thursday and basically you know didn't spend a moment where we couldn't be speaking to an NFL fan who was wearing gear who was up for chatting who had a story to tell like it just that level of engagement was so there and so on point and uh, it's not about digging out and for UK fans, it's just saying that, you know, it, it just made me realise how special it is all over again. It's that thing of, you know, I fell in love all over again with the league playing games outside of the US and realised how special and how incredible it is. And if I have my way, I'll be back in Germany for every game over the next five years, 10 years, however long. I mean, you know, who knows what the next 10 years holds, but I plan to be going there for as many games as possible because it's a riot. i tell you what it does. It throws some interesting uh an interesting spotlight on the age-old could there ever be a franchise in the uk question i think it it, there are two things in this there could be if they were to do a franchise abroad it would be one franchise between the uk and germany and dublin or whoever a european franchise or it opens the door for a division potentially in the in europe uh, you know, could could Germany sustain two teams with their 80 million population? Could London sustain two teams? Could Bar- Barcelona be thrown into the mix? So I think it's it's really opening the door to a potential European 
division. And I think that's really, really exciting. And, and look, Goodell hinted at that when he was in London. Well, didn't hint it outright, said it. You know, he thinks that the fan bases here could support it. And the numbers are 3.3 million ardent fans in each country is the suggestion based on market research. Germany has 17 million casual fans. The UK, something like 15. Uh, you know, there are uh, there are actually now more Game Pass subscribers and Madden get players in Germany regularly than there are uh, in the UK. They are two huge huge markets for for these two uh for these two locations so that i i think it's it was sense of just we've talked purely from the kind of organizational standpoint it was sensational yeah and don't get me wrong there were like uh there were a few teething things with the event itself that i think they'll learn over time just like uh london did the only minor complaints i ever heard with a bit the queues for beer were incredibly long inside the stadium though that's not dissimilar when you go to to Tottenham, but I remember the first game at Wembley where they ran out of beer midway through the third quarter because they <laughs> they didn't know that during an NFL game, it's not like you have these flashpoints where everyone goes to the bar. There's some people at the bar constantly. So that's part of the learning curve. And maybe a bit more staffing to get people in, like it took a little long to get in with the tickets and everything. But once you were in, it was fantastic. And, you know, the team's had a great time. The positivity from, I mean, obviously, particularly from Brady and, and that, is what is going to catch a lot of attention, but from all the players we spoke to about their experiences and they're getting people are set we're talking about like how much these international travel games can like affect a team. And, uh, you know, well, we say Thursday night football is unfair on a player's body, but we're willing to send them transatlantic. But speaking to like some of the fitness coaches around, certainly the Buccaneers where we were on Friday, they've got so much in place to make sure that their sleep cycles are stuck to, to make sure that their bodies are looked after, to make sure we we understand so much on a sports science level about the human body now that they can absolutely handle travel. Handling playing a game three days, four days after another game is one thing, but handling a long travel as part of a week when you've got a full week between games is very different. Um, and then the game itself, I mean, it was a little slow to start. The field maybe needs to be conditioned more to an NFL experience or they need to get cleats, which are more suited to a turf situation because there were a few slips early on. But Tampa Bay turned up. They played hard in the trenches. They won the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball and they made the Seahawks work for every single yard while going from being a team who had 60 rushing yards per game going into that game to putting up over 160 on the ground, you know, almost trebling their season average total. I just thought that they turned up and, and had a better game plan. And as much as we had the weird turnovers. We had the Brady non-catch, and that was very funny. And then the Gino fumble. Everything. You know, there were some moments of of high drama, but it was an incredibly professional performance and a well-coached performance. And with the players they've got returning on defense now, and back-to-back -back wins, back to five and five, should win their division from here. And suddenly, Tampa Bay go from being one of the biggest disappointments of the season to being like, look, watch out for them in the next nine weeks. I think for me, the thing, and I know like it's looking at the stats on paper is one thing, but actually being there and seeing it, Brady looked so comfortable. I know he had an interception on the day, but he looked a lot more comfortable at ease with himself. I mean, I know you guys seen that on, on Friday in the presser. He, he looked very happy to be there, but he did look very, very relaxed. And you could sense that in his play on Sunday. And, and obviously for them to get the run game going with uh, Whites and and, and, and well, playoff international Lenny was something that worked well for the Bucks And 
I was a bit disappointed in the Seahawks performance. I thought they would play better. I thought Geno Smith would play better. But it's just it says a lot about the game whenever Pete Carroll was talking about how good it was, even though they lost the game. It was just mad. But um, Brady was so impressive on Sunday for a guy to have what two touchdowns and an interception. It, it just he just looks so comfortable on the ball. It looks like he's. I mean, the reports of his downfall and demise are a, a little bit premature. It's taken him a bit of time to get into the swing of things. He didn't have a, much of a preseason. He didn't have any uh, preseason games either. So it's taken him this long to, to get into it. You've also got the whole thing about his personal life. And I think the, the fact that he wasn't in, in the United States this week, two weeks after his divorce has come through and all of the focus, pretty much, I don't know, I wasn't at the press conference, but I'm, uh, I, I think all of the focus was on Germany, the game, the expansion, all of this stuff that kind of focused his mind and, and made it so that he didn't have to think about if an, a, 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 someone from the press was going to ask him about Giselle Bunchen. So I, I think all of that, it just made for a perfect storm for him to, to look like he's going to come back and have a good game. And he did, and he looks really good. One of the touchdown throws was ridiculous, like a really, really good throw. Um, I don't see a massive drop-off. I said last week that when that touchdown went in to win the game uh, with your your buddy Otten, Willie G, um, I said that that could be the turning point of the whole entire season for the Buccaneers. And so far, I'm proved right. I look at the rest of the Bucs schedule and... You know, I would say they've got two of their divisional games at home. They play the Falcons on week 18 on the road. But, you know, that's not one of the more difficult places to travel. Uh, the Cardinals on the road with the season they're having looks winnable. The Bengals at home, if they're in a position where they're two, three games above 500 by then, you know, very easily could go that into that as favourites. The Browns on the road coming off the bye no Deshaun Watson yet, and they looked pedestrian this weekend. You know, the 49ers in Santa Clara looks tough, but honestly, they could win of the seven games remaining on their schedule, five, six of those. And then they go in as the kind of third seed, even the second seed, and suddenly look like an absolute powerhouse in the playoffs. So uh, it's particularly top bowls really impressed me. The defense really impressed me. And that's as much as... Seattle came out in the second half and went no huddle and moved the ball quickly. And actually, if it hadn't been for Gino, who the one thing that's been so brilliant about him this season has been his decision-making has been so on point. The fumble, he just saw coverage downfield. There was a bit of panic because they were down by, what, 14-3 at that point and desperate for a score. And I think he just made a poor decision, ended up fumbling the ball. Without that, arguably the Seahawks could go on and won that game, like the way that they played during the second half and the way that they moved the ball, the way they started finding DK Metcalf. Like they, they just got into much more of a rhythm. The, but I just, yeah, the Bucs did enough this weekend to make me think that with a bye week now, more chance to get healthy, those defensive backs coming back, the second half of the year should look a lot brighter for Tampa Bay. Maybe we're not ready to put them into kind of Super Bowl talk contention yet, but they win three or four more. Yeah, we're looking good. They're not winning in Santa Clara, says Paul on YouTube. Good yeah, one. love that, Paul. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So we talk about the NFL, but have you ever experienced the NFL in its natural state, live and in person? In America, surrounded by tens of thousands of screaming, 
partisan fans after spending hours beforehand in the car park outside the stadium enjoying a cold beer maybe one or two as the smell of barbecue and tailgate food wafts deliciously through the air if not or if you have and you fancy doing it again well touchdown trips folks are the experts in creating amazing travel packages for your favorite nfl team and when we say amazing we mean it the guys and the girls at touchdown trips put fans first and are passionate the fans who book with them get a proper unforgettable and more importantly a unique nfl experience you don't just get tickets but an authentic pre-game tailgate with local fans college fan you want to go to a college game stadium tour why not as well as all that they include flights from across the uk they've got fantastic hotels and anything else you may want to add such as an nba game or an nhl game or a local excursion to create truly bespoke packages that are more importantly at all protected and ABTA bonded. So if you're thinking of going to a game this season or next and just want to get in touch, give the team at Touchdown Trips a shout today at touchdowntrips.com. Check them out on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash touchdown trips or Twitter at touchdown trips. Touchdown Trips, you have to see it to believe it. It's crazy, isn't it? Well, t- tell me this genuinely. Did you think the Eagles were going to go unbeaten? I thought they would go to Christmas Eve. Genuinely, no. I thought no. I, 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 honestly, right? I sat in a bar in uh, Odeon Platz with Neil Dutton and Paul Maines from the excellent Mainsian Dutts who do. Uh, Dutton's one of the great fantasy football writers in our country. Mainsy, a great podcaster. Washington fan, Eagles fan. And I sat there and I said, I've been predicting for weeks that the Eagles are going to have a weird loss over this time. I thought it might be against the Colts next week uh, until the Jeff Saturday thing happened. Although that's, you know, (laughs) that's very different. I thought maybe it'd even be against the Steelers or the Texans. And I was like, I am not going to be shocked if they go in on Monday Night Football and lose that game. And... All right, the referees got a little involved. And all right, the score was a bit padded by that defensive touchdown at the end, which, you know, I'm sure ruined many bets towards the end of the day. But I I think they are a very, very good football team. But there are flaws in their game that, as every team has, the point of the salary cap, the point of, you know, the way that the league is built is that you're not going to be able to build a perfect team. And I just didn't think it was sustainable for a full season. I, I don't know if we'll ever see an undefeated season again. Like, I genuinely don't know if that's possible in now in a 17-game season. If we get to 70 years old, I mean, if I get 70 years old, it might be a miracle anyway. But if we get to 70 years old, certainly if I could have more weekends like we've just had in Munich, if I get to 70 years old and and don't... People are laughing, by the way. If you listen to the audio version of this podcast, they're laughing, but they're on mute. Uh, <laughs> so I just wanted to make it less awkward because I am talking about my own mortality. All, all and it sounds like I'm talking is, into a void. All I can think of is the weekend that we just had and like like Ollie was saying there about like imagine the division. <laughs> and and imagine you're thinking the division. to yourself, imagine... Will's going to be lucky to live to forty, let alone seventy. No, but imagine <laughs> doing that eight weeks of the year. Imagine doing like I mean like potentially say there's two games in Germany. Imagine five weekends like that next season. Like that, it, take, it takes its toll. Like I mean, in, in a good way. But like last weekend was great crack, great fun. I, I, I'm not sure that we would have uh, that we would necessarily have done the same, but for every weekend. But there we go. Uh, yeah, I, I, I did. I, it's somewhat of a surprise they lost to Washington when I woke up this morning, but I expected it to come, and I still think they're going to go 
at worst like 14 and 3 with the rest of their schedule as it is but even 13 and 4 that's still potentially number one seed in the NFC let's be honest it was a really interesting game did any of you lads actually sit and watch it last night Mate, there was no way I was staying. I actually, interestingly, I did go to bed for a little bit, woke up and watched the first half of the first quarter. So I just can't help myself. I wake up and I see the time's one o'clock. I'll just reach over to my phone, load up Game Pass, and then inevitably wake up at like 6am with my phone on my belly. It was a really... Um... <laughs> Having not moved. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a little kickstand on it. It's great. It, it was really interesting because there, there was like that turning point. I think it was the uh, the second quarter when Brian Robinson, who had gone by next gen stats, had a really really good game and his energy on the run was was fantastic. But he, when he scored that touchdown, you started to think, "Oh, here we go! This team could like Washington could beat the Eagles here tonight." And it was at that point they just shut the crowd up really in Philly, and it sort of turned a wee bit. But um, I think for me, like the, the bigger story now is you got a Washington Commanders team that are five and five going in to Week Eleven here, and frankly, any discussion of Carson Wentz coming back in should be shot down. Taylor Heineke is the man in Washington. What what is he three and one as a starter? Let the man play. He takes this team to a new level in terms of confidence and ability. And I just, I really enjoyed how Washington went about themselves last night. And the fact that Terry, Scary Terry, was finally able to get open for over 120 yards. And the, the Eagles' defense didn't blitz enough. Like, you've almost got that blueprint now of how to beat the Eagles. It's like, okay, work that way around. But um, Commanders, 32 points is probably telling for them. But there was a couple of mistakes towards the end. I mean, my God, like, the, like, the, like lads, the Eagles had enough chances at the end. They couldn't take it. So it just wasn't their night. But uh, they'll be okay. I, I I agree with you, William. I think uh, 14, 14 for three or 15 to could be a record. Yeah. I, they had a big problem in AJ Brown getting a little knock. And I, I think he only caught one pass uh, off about four four targets but mainly because he wasn't healthy i think they just had him out there as a uh, as someone who they that the what the commanders would have to think about oh he's he's out on the field we're gonna have to think about him cover him maybe double cover him but they need him back healthy and uh, sharpish because he's key to everything that they do because he's so so good um i think it's interesting will what you said about the 17 undefeated team you know that's got to be 17 wins or, or 16 and a draw uh, yeah, you, have in, to, you in, don't have to go 20 and oh what no yeah yeah if you took the wild card week out because obviously if you've gone 17 and oh you're going to be the yep. one seed so you'd have to go 20 and oh for the season right to, to win a super bowl look in international football soccer i think the record's 15 straight games of winning that's not including draws in rugby union the red roses have just lost their their 30 games but that's a completely different sport in rugby union men's it's uh i think the all blacks did 25 across 25 two two different two world cups uh 2011 to 2015 so that's that's the benchmark that we're doing here this is elite sport the top of the top effectively nfl is international that's because it's the, the the top level it doesn't happen long winning streaks don't happen and if it does it's an absolute freak of an occurrence and i you're right. I, I, I don't think I'll ever, we'll ever see it happen again. And that 72 legacy um, is it's it's secure for at least another year. But I mean, probably forever. How, how's your voice, by the way, Ollie? 
yeah, voice is good. Fine, yeah. <laughs> we uh, uh, like this is the thing with uh, what kind of happened in uh, with our experiences in, in Germany is that like, oh yeah, okay, things yeah. kept kind of barreling a little out of control every time. Every time we'd go somewhere, it would just be like, right, we're just gonna you know have a nice quiet night. Uh, the Thursday that didn't happen. I mean, McQuaid joined us from a swanky party where he was at a free bar and everything was going on. Uh, so <laughs> he, uh, McQuaid, yeah. so he was already... Will, Will, Will did not get us into this big Sports Illustrated party that he was talking about on the show on Friday. No one ever well. got back to me. Say. What can I do? I can, you know... Just clearly not an Next influencer, influencer, guys. Uh, the... <laughs> <laughs> the um, uh, yeah, the Friday night was really good crack. We went to that, uh, that same bar under the... And the, what was that underground bar called that we were back in on Saturday and Sunday? Scholars. Scholars. Scholars, Scholars yeah, that was good fun. Uh, we, they had great music on the Friday night, and Michael was, again, bubbling along nicely. Considering we'd been out for like four hours without him, he turned up at kind of 9.30 because he'd been editing video and then came out and just by 1 a.m. was in the best of all states. It was sensational to watch. And there's some videos of him dancing to Justin Timberlake and singing to himself while also doing social media posts. It's pretty... It's it's cracking work. But welcome to my life, you know. That the yeah. Here, I, I, I have to say though, well, on the Friday that was great crack uh, at your at your hotel. Really, really. I watched it back when it was obviously edited, and uh, just some absolute clangers. And obviously, was it Ollie picked the box to win? You picked the box as well, Will. Uh, Will did as well. Yeah, yeah. I did. In, on that show, he yeah. did. I don't know whether he changed like full, full Will Gavin esque one one eighty switcheroo <laughs> covering both bases. Uh, yeah, I and the but the Sunday night we ended up going to again meet Mains and Ducks after we'd been in the first bar, and then we went to the second bar. And in the second bar, there was a live band playing and there were about 500 people in there and everyone was watching the games, but also they were singing along every word to this live band like it was karaoke. And they were playing all the classics and we got, you know, Country Roads again and we got, you know, Sweet Caroline and and The Proclaimers. 500 and, Miles. Yeah, yeah, all, yeah, all yeah. that good stuff. Like, you know, it was really, really good fun, but it was particularly funny that the first time that... The first, the first time that they hit the chorus of 500 miles, midway through, everyone get a louder cheer. And I was like, what's going on? Looked up. And Dak Prescott had just been picked off for the second time. And it's like, it kind of it sunk together really nicely. Because not Six. only did we have a good night out and there was so much great stuff going on, but we also had some great football this weekend. Unfortunately, we didn't get to watch it in that much depth. I'm still in the process of catching up. But two games I want to ask about before we, before we, finish, uh, before we finish up would be Vikings-Bills. How much, when you consider the Dolphins coming out, and we don't need to get too much into the Dolphins, but that offense has been absolutely unreal. And Tua Tungavailoa's third down rates are at historic high, and they put up massive points again this week. The Bills losing a couple of games now. How much do they have to worry about that that AFC East where everyone's above 500 and everyone's looking pretty good? And the Dolphins, I would say, should be gunning for a division title now. Ollie. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. And I, 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 I knew it. Had I knew to be, didn't it? Had to be that yeah, way. Yeah, Michael. It had to be me. Michael, yeah, it had to, it's be. to you. My, my voice is actually going, so I'm going to try and hurry up here. Um, going outside of that, that the whole thing for the Bills now. The Bills are what third in the AFC East because of the whole Jets tiebreaker. It's mad. But um, if the Dolphins win the AFC East, they're going to the Super Bowl. And it's ironic that Simon Clancy is not on the show this week. And very quickly, as I remind myself, Will, the, the curse is over. The Packers won. The curse of Clancy has finished. The curse of Ollie Hunter as well has uh, has finished as well this week. The Dolphins offense, with Tua in that form, 
with Jalen Waddle, with Tyreek Hill, with Gasecki, with all these other weapons is ridiculous. So if they get that far, I mean, at the bottom of the AFC East, the Patriots are five and four. Like that's that's nuts. But uh, man, the Vikings, the Vikings, and Justin Jefferson on Sunday night, and what Kevin O'Connell has done to this team. I cannot wait for the second or third week in January to see how far this team can go in the playoffs because Jefferson, I think you said it well at the time on Sunday night. That was a good crack as well. Is he the best player in the NFL? Never mind the best wide receiver. I mean, that catch was sensational towards the end of the game. Absolutely sensational. I will caveat it by saying I did tweet that when I'd been back in the beer halls for a couple of hours post-game and I was still riding an adrenaline fueled high from just the whole event doing my first ever comms which was good fun uh, and all of that good stuff that was also involved with that side of things I um I, st- I stand by it to an extent I think he's the best non-quarterback in the NFL and I know that Tyreek Hill we've talked about previously being the one wide receiver for whom you have to change your scheme in order to uh, in order to kind of uh, consider when you're putting together your thing. You have to just change your whole scheme based around him because of how quick he is. But Justin Jefferson, it doesn't matter. He's beating any scheme you put in front of him, any corner you put in front of him, any triple coverage, any difficulty of catch. He had uh, this past weekend uh, an NFL record of the, the previous record within a game of somebody catching balls. This is since they started doing next-gen stats and all of that. So kind of you know, early 2000s, whatever that was. They have this catchable pass rate. So whether or not a pass is expected to be caught. And the previous record for a game where of somebody catching passes below 50% like likelihood is six. And Justin Jefferson had nine in that game. Nine catches, which he had a 50% success rate or less because they were outside of his catch radius, because they were low, because they were difficult catches, because they were just like, because of the coverage, because of whatever else it might have been. And he just made spectacular play after spectacular play. And okay, you know, there were question marks in that game over the, the decision from Josh Allen to run out of the end zone and that turned into a touchdown and kind of various other bits and pieces that, you know, again, there was some weird officiating, but it made for a brilliant spectacle. And yeah, without Justin Jefferson, the Vikings probably lose that game by 20 plus points. With him, they go and get an overtime victory. And I just... That's as good an individual performance as I've seen in an NFL game from a non-quarterback, certainly, in years. Okay, so he's 1,060 yards on the season. The record, Calvin Johnson, 1,964. Oh, Tyreek Hill's going over 2,000 this year. I absolutely believe that. Do we get two people going over 2,000? Is this... Is this like the start of, um, you know, how the 100 meters world record is, <laughs> was chipped away, chipped away, chipped away, chipped away? Is this the, the start of it that we'll see people now going regularly over that that 2,000 yard receiving record? I, I do feel like records, Michael, at some point are going to have to just be changed to yards per game because the 17 game season does yeah. give you an advantage. Yeah, and then we're talking about the Dolphins going on beating. How many games did the Dolphins play that year in 72? Is that a 12-game year, 14-game year, 14 yeah, something like that. I mean, I, yeah. I just want to have this conversation now because Mr. Clancy's not here. I mean, <laughs> he gets so angry that we didn't know it. How do you 14, not know our exact record no, like, and who we beat in every game? And, and... Like, like 14 games, Will. Like, the, the Eagles could have went 14-0 this year. Yeah, 14-0 went... in the regular season. Yeah. yeah, and then, I mean, like if they'd went 14-1... 
Is that the same conversation? I mean, it, they went 17 and 0 overall, including the three playoff wins. So you'd have to do what they did in the regular season, but obviously you have to beat more difficult teams in the playoffs, just to caveat it. Um, JT says on Twitter, I'm a Bears fan. Can you please explain what a winning streak is to me? <laughs> it's what you would have been on this weekend if you could have put the Lions away. Uh... I'll give you a win- I'll give you a winning streak. <laughs> it's uh, Aaron Rodgers against the Bears. Uh, just Justin Fields is a one-man winning streak, even if uh, even if they're losing games of football. He's been really good fun to watch. That's a streak or something. There's been some, uh, there's been some really exciting emerging players this year. And Justin Fields going from around about week four, week five, when people thought he wasn't a viable NFL quarterback in his second year to the suddenly the offense letting him loose him going and running and just having way better time of things so yeah uh it's just honestly um sorry JT but you've got a quarterback and you're probably going to be picking high and you'll probably be able to go and get yourself some some nice players if they have a good draft this year the, the Bears are spicy next year spicy what, we haven't talked about that Packers win over the Cowboys another overtime victory Ollie Hunter is Rogers back? Are you a happy I boy? Think, well, do you know, I wasn't unhappy last week. All the people saying, oh, Rogers is, is done. I was happy that he was, he was trying to force things and not playing safe. And that's exactly what happened again on Sunday. <laughs> I don't know what day it is. On Sunday. I was going to say yesterday. But, but that's what happened again on Sunday. Um He was making some really good throws. It was huge that Christian Watson got that that first touchdown and then he ended up getting another two but it was huge for his confidence it's huge for Rogers's confidence in him but Rogers was making some brilliant throws brilliant decisions when you've got Aaron Jones running for 100 plus yards again um even his touchdown where he I don't know backflipped not backflipped or back fell into the into the end zone um and they came up against a really good offense and a good defense as well the Cowboys are a good team uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk about our, what we're looking forward to next week or this week in in the NFL, and I think Cowboys going to the Vikings is an absolute absolute humding a stonker of a game because two really informed teams. Of but but uh, just crack it, crack a jack of a game. But the the Packers they've got they've got over that hump. I don't know whether you've seen the uh, the post match locker room stuff from. Uh, Matt Lafleur, where he's in—he's a really emotional. Guy. I've never seen him so emotional. Normally, he's—he's he's a bit of a robot, isn't he? But his voice starts to crack. Um, he starts to—to to say, you know, we 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 stuck together as a team. We got through this as, as a team, and today everyone played. Everyone was on the same page. No one moaned. I think this team are together, and that it's not. I'm going to say this: it's not what you do. At, the beginning of the season and how things pan out, but it's how you finish it. I could see the Packers waking the playoffs because of a ge- this game, that performance. Oh. I think it's, I think it's really big. Here we go. I, I find well, the other thing I find interesting about that you mentioned about the Cowboys going forward. So Christian Watson, great day for him. Actually, could have had. Well, he only had four passes for that 107 yards and three touchdowns, four catches. Sorry. Every one of them was massive because it was obviously the three touchdowns, but also a massive third down was his other catch. He also had another one where he slowed on a deep bomb because he just didn't see the ball coming over his shoulder. And actually, he caught that one. He could have been 170 yards for the day and four touchdowns and it just absolutely ridiculous performance. Um, uh, CD Lamb is worth mentioning as well from that game because... 
uh, you know, what, I, I'm just double checking the stats here. So career high 150 yards, two touchdowns on the game. After spending the entire week of hearing people say, oh, yeah, OBJ will be the thing that gets the Cowboys over the top. Yeah, Tony Pollard having a big day. He had CeeDee Lamb having a big day. He had Dak hitting some bombs as well, as much as he had the two interceptions. And his sloppiness may have been what ended up costing them in the end. You know, he still had a performance which with the right weapons and protection around him would go and win lots of games of football. I think for me, it's the way the Packers won because they were, what, down 14 going into the fourth quarter and with the Cowboys having the ball. Sometimes you hear down 14 going into the fourth quarter. Then you look at the play-by-play and you realize that, you know, the first snap of the fourth quarter is a first and goal from the three-yard line. It's not really the same kind of as if the other team had possession to start that quarter and are a famously good running team who might take eight minutes off the clock with this drive. So... Yeah, I, I really, really impressive Packers performance. I thought really like kind of hopefully get uh, hopefully kind of. I know we already just hit the second half of the season. But I feel like it's there's a few NFC teams who are hitting their straps a little bit at a time where we've spent the whole season talking about how trash the NFC is. Just if we can get you know as well as the Eagles, if the Cowboys. If the Packers can turn up in the second half of the year, I know you're down four and six, but not out of it. If the Bucks can turn up in the second half of the year, if the 49ers can turn up in the second half of the year, you know, at least we're maybe looking at a conference that could send a, a great team to the Super Bowl and not, you know, one of those years where one conference is so clearly stronger than the other. Mm, I agree. I agree. I think, like, if the Cowboys became the second, if the Cowboys were the second seed by week 17, the hype train goes on and on. Like I, I love the hype train around Dallas, right? But I love, I love Tony Pollard. So let's see what happens over the next few weeks. The one game that I'm looking forward to, though, I mean, uh, can I just quickly jump in there? Yeah, yeah. Fine, whilst fine. we're talking Cowboys, have they got a better chance of finishing top of the NFC East than the Eagles? Nah, I don't the way so. that the Cowboys are playing and the the way that the the wheels mini have had a little little maybe a few of the wheel nuts have come out and the Eagles are a bit sort of coming off that defeat against the divisional rival in the in Washington Commanders. Uh, AJ Brown, we don't know his injury status. The 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 Cowboys have to play the Eagles. That game at AT&T is at massive home. on Christmas it's, Eve. That nine twenty five window. That is an unbelievably big game. Yeah. They they both have the easier of the two schedule. Like the 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 easiest schedule in the NFL this season belongs to the NFL. Yeah, Yeah. based on the other divisions they play, etc. And so, you know, the Cowboys and Eagles basically have the same. I don't think it's beyond the realm's possibility, but it basically needs the Cowboys to win out, and that's you know, as much as I've just praised them, I praised them in a loss. So. Yeah, I, I. Well, yeah, we're both talking. We're all talking about um, the, the teams that two form teams in the NFC East that lost. The Giants and the Commanders both won this week. <laughs> uh, so Giants eight and two, as as uh, your friend Brian Michael kept saying, saying over and over in Scholars Pub the other day. Um, so I think it's it's an incredible division from being probably the laughing stock division for. Uh, maybe a good 10 years it's an inc- it, it's so interesting this time round i it would be interesting to find out uh, i know you're a you're a you like a little flutter michael but i wonder what the odds are on uh, the cowboys maybe tell me off air cowboys winning the division well I'll, I'll say this you said about the giants there yeah brian is a giants fan believe me i've heard enough about it that the lions the cowboys the commanders the eagles the commanders and the vikings are the next six games for the giants 
go three and three then. <laughs> no way. No way. They play the Eagles week 17, so the Eagles could have a wee off week there, but... That's what I'm saying. They could go three and three. Yeah, They've got Washington twice. They've got they'll lose to the they'll they'll split those. They'll lose to the Vikings. Who else you, who have they got? Commanders. Yeah. Um, Eagles. Well, that's Washington. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, so Vikings as well uh, on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Uh, and then the Colts. And the, then the, the Vikings Eagles. are the hardest team on all of these team schedules, and the Eagles have already played them. So that's the that's that, a very good that's point. The, yeah, that's yeah. the kind of key, really, isn't it? That's that's the um, biggest one for them. And it. And if you look at, at week eleven, the 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 Cowboys going to the Vikings, I actually think they'll win that. I think they'll win that. I think they're a better team. Nice. All right, I, I'll finish by asking you a Forty ers question since I know Paul's watching. Who's going to win the NFC West, guys? The Niners. Yeah, I don't think it's. I mean, the Rams are in absolute. Oh. They're in dis. They're in disarray. Disarray. The, Matthew Stafford doesn't want to come back off of injury. Um, <laughs> Is that what you've heard? <laughs> well, Whispers. he'd be back. He'd be back by now, wouldn't he? Get get on with it, mate. Your team's in an, in in the mess. Maybe is he done? Is he done after winning a Super Bowl? Just get on with it. Get back. Play, man. Play. Um, Arizona. He is, uh, he is famously one of the toughest quarterbacks in the NFL who played through more injuries than anyone else. And unlike uh, a certain uh, a certain Aaron Rodgers, didn't mention every injury seventy two times uh, every time he got injured constantly. All right, I don't know why you're having a go at Aaron. I mean, that's fair <laughs> enough. There are lots of things that you can have a go uh, at. Uh, actually, Aaron 12, wasn't or... the worst. You know who was the worst? Ben Roethlisberger. All mm. right, mate, we get. Oh, I'm carrying a knock. Yeah. Oh, and and he's and he's had some questionable life choices uh, in his uh, un, un unpunished life choices in his in his life. So you know, we know who the greater person is. It's Matthew Stafford. I think the Niners are the best team in that division on the, on the sense of I think the, the way that the Rams have went about themselves this season so far with McVeigh basically metaphorically out the door. Uh, Seattle obviously. Pre- done a lot better than what everybody thought uh, I think they're going to have a bit of a drop now and Cliff there's, Kingsbury there's, I mean there's a Thursday night football game in Seattle 49ers Seahawks on the 15th slash 16th of December live on Talksport 2 which is going to be absolutely huge <laughs> absolutely huge are you, are you commentating on it? Because I, I will listen to that if you're commentating on it. Just uh, hear, I'm hosting it. I'm not commentating on it. Uh, I, well, you can tell Michael doesn't listen because he doesn't know how it, that works. Uh, after my <laughs> debut this past weekend, I need a, uh, I, I, I probably need to hang up my uh, hang up my spears, I'm afraid. No, Let Ollie problem. Wilson, a profe- an actual professional man, do it. The, uh, the game for me to stand through this weekend, very quickly, lads, is Chiefs Chargers. I mean, the Chiefs could win the West this weekend if they win that game, as far as I'm concerned. And on the other side of the West, Raiders playing the Broncos. Who's going to get sacked, Bowl? Uh, because McDaniels is not surviving that. And frankly, Hackett can't survive that either if they lose. Um, and yeah, that's... But the Chargers against the Chiefs is Sunday Night Football, baby. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. And I will be listening to the pre-show on TalkSport 2 on Sunday night. <laughs> So kind. What a, what I'm a definitely going to get a phone call at half twelve. Like, can you pop on the radio to talk about the Chargers offense? Yes, I can. Let's do it. You love it. Um, uh, you love it. Of course, we've got Thursday, Thursday night football. Titans uh, at uh, Lambeau. Has, uh, that's the a fun looking game. Like Titans played a, had yep. a dreadful game this past weekend. The first nine game, nine drives in that game were punts, uh, but they come out with the win, and I think that's a I think that's a fun one. If the Packers. Put a hurt on the Titans. I'll start to believe they're back, Ollie. We're back, and we are going to put a hurt on them. But I think 
Derek Henry is capable of putting 200 yards on after on that run defense, which has never been really fixed. Uh, uh, yeah, so a bit worried about that. It's going to be good again. Uh, it's another good week of football. Uh, we're all tired. It's been a long week. Do you my want to say like, well, my liver still hurt. Uh, <laughs> 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 I actually, it's interesting we say. I, I just, I, I never finished my thoughts on the NFC West, so I'm just going to do them quickly. The one thing I do think is, as much as you say the Rams are a shambles, the Seahawks do have to still play them twice, and it's that weird thing in the NFC West where, like, the Rams can't beat the 49ers, and the 49ers can't beat the Seahawks, and the Seahawks can't beat the Rams, and like, there's this kind of weird, like, like it, for years it felt like it was you get you were getting two wins there, but two losses there, so it all just negated each other, and it'll be that's going to be for me really interesting to see how the Seahawks bounce back after this past week, but. In, in two weeks' time when they face the Rams for the first time, like, are they going to finally get over that hump? And if they do, then I will believe that they can still go on and win the division. That Thursday night football becomes mega, mega significant. Uh, oh, it's in three weeks, sorry, because they've got the bye now, haven't they? But Raiders mega. in two weeks' time. Uh, yeah, let's wrap it up. Look, um, love to hear from you. At Talks... At talk, uh, I'm tired. <laughs> I'd love to hear from you at Gridiron on Twitter, at UK Gridiron on Instagram. I'm at Will Gav. He's at Ollie Hunter. He's at Michael underscore NFL. Uh, I'm hopefully across all the socials for the brand. Um, love to hear from you wherever you uh, listen in. Send your questions in. Hopefully you enjoyed our content from over the weekend on TalkSport 2. We loved chatting to all the people we met out there, the, the people who listened to the show and, and came up and chatted to us, the people who don't, and hopefully we converted. Uh, and just generally having a great time uh, out in Munich. Let's do it all again next year, and ideally twice, please. Thank you for watching. 